and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello, folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. I am joined, as always, in the Sales Chat Show studio, Mr. Phil Jessup, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And this episode has been inspired by two, not two, three conversations with various clients over the last uh, week or so about uh, salespeople doing what we call premature pitching. So this episode's called Why So Many Salespeople Suffer from the Disease of Premature Pitching. So I Before I saw... you carry on, could I just um, offer you my latest book? <laughs> A fine example of premature pitching from Mr. Graham Jones there. So what we're talking about is salespeople who start talking about how great their company, how great their products or service are far too early in the sales process. I was involved in a, a development center recently where we use professional actors to, to play the part of customers and salespeople come in and, and do a, do a, like a, a needs finding exercise and then are asked to make a bit of a sales presentation. If there's, if indeed there's an opportunity for them to do so. And what you see quite often is, is they start the pitch really early and it not no not not too far from graham's slight exaggeration and i trust me that was not much of a hello mr customer how are you um <laughs> thank you for seeing me i understand you're in the xyz industry yes well what we do and then they launch straight they launch straight into it so they they in in our opinion from the sales chat show they're missing out all of the important stuff, which is understanding what the customer needs and et cetera, and how best to do that and showing the customer you understand them. But there is this propensity for premature pitching that I see so often, guys. I thought we... we I have a theory. I have a theory that's not backed up by science. Graham, no doubt, will provide that. But my, my theory is that a lot of people on sales training programmes are told to keep the initiative during the call. And I think they wrongly assume that that means keep control rather than keeping the initiative. And for many people, control means talking. So as long as you're carrying on talking, you are in control. But you only have to look at a chat show on the TV to realise that the person that is in control is the chat show host asking the right questions. Uh, the chat show host is not doing all the talking. So that's one of my theories, that they have wrongly assumed that keeping the initiative means keeping control, which means keep talking. And I just wonder sometimes, is it as simple as people, salespeople think you're not selling unless you are talking about your products and services to the customer, which is is an aspect of the sales process that, in my opinion and experience, needs to occur at a certain stage. Um, but that seems to happen 
So, you know, the I can remember the really bad advice I was given many, many, many years ago before I went into sales. Somebody said, oh, you'd be good in sales. You talk a lot. So that, that's probably the worst piece of advice I think I've ever had. Because actually, they, if they had said to me, you should be in sales because you listen a lot, that might have been more, more appropriate. But yeah, so there might be, actually, you mentioned training, Phil. It might be about what percentage of somebody's sales training time is on the product or the service presentation or the pitch, and what percentage of time is devoted to needs identification and discovery, for example. And I think a lot of sales trainers are rightly very proud of their product range. But that often means that they spend hours rambling on about features and advantages and benefits and all that hoo-ha, rather than focusing on the customer stroke prospect. But even if you go back, if you go back to, you know, the the classic features, advantages, benefits concept, you know, feature what it is, advantage, potential benefit. But a benefit can only be a benefit if it's attached to an identified need and the customer recognizes it as a benefit. Even if you go back to sales 101, right, feature benefit selling, it's only a benefit if the customer sees it as a benefit. So therefore, that, that needs to bring them something that they need or they want or whatever whatever language we might want to think about. So... You know, you can you can go through and fire all of your what you think are features and benefits of the customer, and, and it's like spray and pray, isn't it? Right? You're hoping one or two of them hit home, and but it's just I'm just interested in in the why it happens because we see it so often. Um, you know, in, in yeah. proposals, in presentations, they're always always they don't always they often start. Let me correct myself. They often start with here's us. Not here's what you want as a, yeah. as a customer. It just seems to be so, so incredibly prevalent. So I guess there might be the training part about how people have been trained or whether they actually are taught to follow a process or not. There might be the example they're set by their sales manager, or 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 you know what what they what they see, or what else, guys? Why why is this? premature things seem to be so prevalent among salespeople because it's the notion that i have to tell people what i have on offer because they might not know about it so i need to tell them um so that they know about it uh, whereas actually uh, you need to listen to them uh, to find out what they want to know first mm. but uh, it's a bit like dating isn't it you know that uh, the guy who goes on the date who talks all about himself doesn't get the follow-up date but the guy on the date who asks questions of the individual he's dating uh, gets a second date um so it's about the, the approach of seeing everything from the other person's perspective and it, it always reminds me of when i was in a bar in a london hotel uh, several years ago um there was a prior to linkedin uh there was a online social network called ecademy oh yes i recall um, that ecademy was uh, run by Uh, Two people from Farnham in Surrey, uh, Penny and Thomas Power, who uh, set up this organisation. It had um, nearly a couple of million uh, people join it, uh, largely in the UK, the bulk of them in the UK. And it was a very successful um, networking, social uh, business network. Um, So a bit like LinkedIn is, uh, but it had regular meetings, face-to-face meetings, Mm -hmm. as well as the online bit. 
And every month in London, they had a massive business networking event uh, where you'd have a couple of speakers. So I spoke at a few of those meetings. Uh, You'd have a couple of speakers and then there was opportunity for people to network. And I was standing in the bar with a chap uh, who was, uh, we were just having a drink together. I knew him. He'd been to several meetings. We're standing in the bar. The bar, of course, is packed, has about 300 people at this meeting. So, it was a, you know, every month it was a massive meeting. Uh, 300 people, you know, all crowded into this hotel and bar and, uh, you know, usual kind of business networking. Um, and I was uh, standing next to this chap called Nigel. Um, and this is, back in about 2004, something like that. So quite a while ago. Um, And we're standing there and this chap comes up to us and he thrusts a business card into our hands. And he says, hello, uh, my name is, and I don't know his name. uh, I work for the best printer in Chelmsford uh, and we can print all your business documents. And he then went into this pitch about him printing his business documents, including wonderful business cards like the one he'd just given us. And that if ever we needed any business cards, uh, we just needed to contact him. And then he left us and he moved to the next couple and he just went round the bar, uh, handing out piles of business cards to people. Uh, Nigel, who uh, I was in the bar with, I am still in regular contact with and we work together. <laughs> all these years later I managed to lose that person's business card before I got home that evening because when you're at a business networking meeting you're not there to be sold to you're not there to have a pitch you're there to just chat to your business colleagues Um, and so it was a, a good example of this person thinking all about themselves and not about us and the situation we were in a bit like dating you know the guy who thinks all about himself and not about the person he's dating um, is the one who never gets the second date. So that I have no idea whether that printing company is still in business. I didn't even take a note of their name, um, but I certainly never used them because just pitched at me straight away. I mean, I, I'd, I've had a salespeople challenge me back over the years and say, well, if I've been invited in and they've said, come in and tell us about your company, come in and tell us about your products and services. They find you online. You know, I want you to come and sell your company to me. I should surely I should do what the customer said, to which I would say I'd probably go in and, and just say to them, look, I could probably talk about our products and services all day long. And, you know, you you wouldn't be able to stop me. But before I do tell you about our products and services, I need to know what aspects of them you're most interested in or <clears throat> tell me a little bit about what you're looking for so that I can then tell you what's going to be most useful to you you know so it's that it's that kind of thing so i think even then because you could a printer for example could do a whole array of things what 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 is it you're most potentially interested in buying from us you know because if you're pushing business cards and graham actually wants leaflets for his shop or whatever not that you've got a shop but if you did have a shop you haven't got a shop have you not he needs a shop to sell the books <laughs> uh, a book shop i would call that no, yes yeah, so there's a thought yeah just coming back to my earlier comment about <laughs> uh poor sales training um uh, i i do think that um there is a lot of um a lot of problems in that conventional sales training area because if you look at a typical sales training course it will say to the 
assemble 12 people in the room, that you need to have an objective for the call, and you also need to have a secondary objective for the call, i.e. where you go if it becomes apparent that you're not going to get your main goal. And then it will say, and you need to plan what you're going to say when you get in there. You won't find a sales training course that will say you need to plan what you're going to ask when you get in there. It's all about... You've never saying, been on any of mine, then. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about... It's all about right. say, and I, and I do wonder whether some salespeople are fearful of the customer saying a lot, and that's why they tend to say, well, as long as I'm doing the talking, uh, I feel more comfortable with that, more confident about that, uh, and that's a better place for me to be uh, than handing over the initiative to the customer and getting them to do uh, a lot of the talking. Yeah, I mean, you can still exercise what might have been called in the past call control. So you can still guide, I mean, I prefer to say you can guide the customer through, you know, through a, a sales process that's that's helpful to them, you know, as well, right? Which focuses on, keeps the customer at the, at the centre of it. And then when the moment is right and you know what to talk about, then it's time to talk about your products and services. But even then, I would say involve the customer in a, in an interactive yeah. conversation rather than a one-way, you know, yeah. pitch as, as best we – I mean, let's not get the sales chat show posse started on the quality of some of the sales pitches. So bless you if you are given a mandatory slide deck to use, dear listeners. I would strongly recommend the last thing you would ever want to do is go in with your mandatory company slide deck and drag the customer kicking and screaming yeah. through your company history and all of that sort of good stuff. So and the fact you've just opened a new office in Kuala Lumpur or wherever, yes, yes. <laughs> that nobody's interested in uh, people just, in just South in. Korea. Yeah, because they're not interested. Remember always in sales, the customer's not interested in you. They're not interested in your company. They're not interested in your products. They're not interested in your services. They're interested in themselves and what you can do to help them. So that's really, before you start talking at them, I'd find out what they're most interested in so that then you can choose the most the most appropriate part. And then, and then they will be more receptive to your sales pitch or your sales presentation because they'll be engaged. And it just, yeah. we're not talking about taking hours to do this. It can be fairly rapid sometimes to find out. And then you can say, well, I'm, you know, we probably have to have a more in-depth conversation to dig a bit deeper. But in principle, I think I could tell you about how we've helped customers similar to you. Let me just share that with you. And then I'd really be interested to get your views on how you think that is and whether that will measure up alongside what you're what you're looking for. I've, I've had a bit of a pop at sales trainers, but um, a very good one springs to mind uh, that I knew some years ago, a guy called Brian. Uh, and when he was running uh, sales training programs for his internal company uh, sales uh, account managers, uh, he would say to them, well, the introduction, the first sentence that you use is absolutely key in terms of the direction that you then go in. And he used to say that he would go in to see a prospect and his opening line would be, good afternoon, my name's Brian from XYZ Company. That's enough about me. Let's talk about you and your company. 
And the second, and the second that he said that, it means, of course, that inside 15 seconds, the conversation moves to the prospect and their business. Now, of course, later on in the call, he will, of course, go into a lot more detail if needs be about him and the company. But that's a cracking opening line, I think. My name is Brian from XYZ Company. That's enough about me. Let's talk about you and your company. I like that. I thought that's very good. I'd also say in terms of quote unquote control is let the customer know how you're planning on conducting the meeting with them. You can even agree it in advance. So what I'd like to do is very happy to obviously tell you about what we do, but first of all, I'd like to do this. And then when we've done that, if I think we can help you, then what I'd like to do is talk about some, some possible ways forward, but let the customer know what's going to happen. And then there'll be more, oh, great, you're going to ask me questions about to help me to get the most out of the meeting. You can also precondition the agenda in advance with the customer as well. So, you know, so they know what to expect. They're also more likely to take the appointment and not cancel the appointment if they don't think they're going to be on the receiving end of some awful pitch, one directional pitch fest. They're far more likely to see you and uh, once the meeting's in the diary, not boot it out because something else happens because they see there's some value in, in having the conversation. So, I, folks, I'm, avoid that premature pitching. Yeah, Mr. Jones. I'm going to say something controversial here. Oh, that's a, that makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I'm sure that regular listeners will know um, that I go. am against the whole concept of a sales target. But I'm not going to talk about that because I think everybody now knows that what I've said is true. There should be no sales targets. But I would like to ban the concept of a sales pitch because I think that's where it goes wrong. Because the whole notion that there should be a sales pitch leads everybody to uh, having a slide deck, to having training courses which are rubbish that end up teaching people to do things they don't need to do. I would just like us to have sales conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And if that, by the way, nothing, nothing against PowerPoint, folks. If that conversation happens to benefit from some slideware, then so then so be it. You know, people say, oh, death by PowerPoint. It's not the fault of PowerPoint. PowerPoint does what you tell it to do is how you use it right but i that your point is it's a conversation i said interactive right even when you are pitching you are having an interactive conversation with the, asking their questions asking for their feedback yeah and it's, it's conversations i think is is a great way and by the way the best salespeople i've ever had the privilege to to manage or to watch in action the whole thing is a conversation, yeah. right? The questioning is a conversation. It's not an interrogation. It's a conversation. And the customers, if it's done really well, think it's great. They like yeah. it. They benefit from it. And it's a pleasant experience for both parties rather than the rather uncomfortable, oh, my goodness, you've looked in the corner of their slide deck and we're on slide four and you can see there's another 27 to come. And only 27. Only 27. And you think, oh, my goodness. And so, folks, conversation, right? Conversation. That's a really, really great point from, from Mr. Jones. So let us conclude. So no more premature pitching, please. Let's have those conversations with our customers and have uh, a little bit more 
or of a of a skillful kind of interaction with them. And of course, when the time comes to sell, you'll do a really good job of of, of selling. Of course, you will. But you know, don't uh, don't uh, get things the wrong way around. Customer first. Customer first, as we'll often say on the sales chat show. So, folks, there are 200 plus episodes now in the sales chat show back catalogue available from all the major podcast platforms. So wherever you prefer to get and subscribe to your podcast, please, please find us there. And please, if you subscribe, you'll be notified as and when we release regular new episodes, which we do on a frequent basis. So thank you very much for listening in. We'd just like to wish you good luck and good conversational selling and uh, have a great week from everybody here at the sales chat show. You have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success. Please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the sales chat show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>